Harry Potter came to me on a train in 1990. I was sitting just staring out of the window, and I, I, the idea just fell out of nowhere. It was the purest stroke of inspiration I've ever had in my life. And I've been writing about him ever since. My absolute ambition for the book was not that it would be made into a film, much as I love films. So what my absolute ambition was to be able to walk into a bookshop and see it on the bookshelf. Having said that, now I stand back from it, yes, I do think it would make a good film because there's a lot of action in it. And there, I can see that some of it would work, would work very well visually. The voice you just heard there was that of J.K. Rowling speaking about the inception of her character Harry Potter. Harry Potter's inception begins with the story Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Or if you're feeling a little less British, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. In a nutshell, ten-year-old Harry Potter lives with the Dursleys, his delightful relatives who treat him like a mouldy sock. They reside in the fictional London suburb of Little Whinging in Surrey. His life is about as magical as a honeymoon in Blackpool. But one day, this all changes. On his 11th birthday, a giant named Hagrid bursts in like a pissed-up rhino and informs Harry that he is, in fact, a wizard. Uncle Vernon, Aunt Petunia and their precious little Dudley are flabbergasted and are having none of this bullshit. But Harry's like, Bah, Felicia! Hops on Hagrid's flying motorbike and fuck off for Hogwarts. Hogwarts is a school of witchcraft and wizardry. Harry arrives at Hogwarts where the castle is so massive that even the ghosts get lost. The sorting hat, which doubles as a fashion accessory, puts him in Gryffindor, which is one of the four houses along with Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw and Slytherin. He befriends Ron Weasley, a ginger kid with a penchant for snacks, and Hermione Granger, who is the ultimate overachiever and in real life would have been bullied as a teacher's pet. At Hogwarts Harry learns spells, potions and how to avoid getting eaten by three-headed dogs. Standard wizard stuff really. During their time they find out that Hogwarts is housing a legendary artifact called the Philosopher's Stone or the Sorcerer's Stone depending on your passport. It grants immortality and unlimited money so naturally everybody wants it especially the noseless villain Voldemort. Voldemort is like the ultimate bad guy. He wants the stone also, but Harry's like, not today mate, and embarks on a quest to protect the stone. The story ends in a nail-biting showdown where Harry faces traps, riddles, and Severus Snape's greasy hair. But fear not, our hero triumphs and the stone is saved. And so begins Harry's epic journey, a tale of friendship, magic, and the occasional awkward broomstick ride. So yeah, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, an absolute delight, and also the topic of today's podcast. Hello and welcome to the Adapted to Screen podcast, coming to you live from downtown Birmingham at the A2S Comedy Bar and Club. I'm Richie. I'm Phil. And I'm Steve. Season 4, episode 1, we are back, we are back with a bang. The Adapted to Screen podcast is an entertaining podcast where we take a book and we compare it with an on-screen counterpart, whether it be a TV series or a film. So yes, a brand new season, a clean slate, a brand new leaf, if you like. It's going to be exciting, it's going to be much fun. I think think it's going to be our best season to date, I do believe. I've got a good feeling in my bones about this season. 
So, yes, Phil, welcome back to the show. It's good to have you back. It's good to see your face again, your beautiful face. How have you been? Hi, Richie the Body. I have been very well. And yourself? Mm, I'm all very good, thank you. Have you got any New Year's resolutions? Uh, Yeah, lose weight. That's it. I think that's everybody's, isn't it? I'm doing all right. I'm not doing too bad so far. Excellent. And Steve, and a and shiny new host, resident comedian, how are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. Doing great. Looking forward to the new year. Excellent. Are you excited? I am excited. Of course you are. You can never see it in my face because I'm a true Brummie, so <laughs> it's, it's hard to tell when we're excited. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're doing Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. I do believe that the pair of you were, up until this point, Harry Potter virgins. That's correct. Yes. Mm. So, Phil, how's your journey been? How have you found this story, this book, this film? Yeah, um, actually, Richie, uh, well, not that I was surprised, but I really enjoyed the book. I thought it was great, and I thought the film was very true to the book as well, which made it equally as great. Did you enjoy it? That's the main thing. Well, yeah, I did, yeah. I'm sure I just said that, yeah. Did you? I wasn't listening. I was looking at the screen. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's all right, mate. No, no. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was really good. And Steve, uh, I believe this is new to you. How, how have you found this? I, I really, really enjoyed it. I listened to the audio book and I thought the film was fantastic. So true to the book. It was, uh, it was brilliant. Both done each other justice. They really did. Yeah. Uh, it's not new to me. I watch Harry Potter pretty much every year, so I like it. I like the book. It's nice to come back to the book. I haven't read the book for years, but yeah, I've had a, I've had a fantastic time with it again. So, yeah. As stated, this is a new season. We've got lots of new stuff planned, lots of new sections to keep things exciting. For example, we're going to go straight over into our first section, our first new section, where our resident comedian is going to take the stage. So please put your hands together and give a warm welcome to our resident comedian, Stephen Dodd. everybody oh yeah right then uh, i got a few facts about harry potter and the philosopher's stone the first one is jk rowling done the original sketches and ideas while sitting in a cafe called the elephant house in edinburgh and i believe they'll never forget her um <laughs> jk rowling got her main ideas while sitting on a train for J- for harry potter imagine if she was on a bush replacement service it would be a bit shit the kids having to climb through a cleaning cupboard at the Watford Gap services. We all agreed that while watching the Harry Potter films, the most unrealistic part of it was a a ginger lad having two friends. (laughs) Hermione Granger was supposed to wear book teeth all through the all through the films but she found that she couldn't speak with them and Janet Street Porter was considered too old to be cast <laughs> in the role and going back to our ginger friend Rupert Grintz during the filming of the chess scene he was actually badly hurt so it was a very bad night for him and that's all for me <laughs> this week folks So that was our resident comedian, Stephen Dodd. Thank you very much. And it's really exciting to have you on board. I think we are going to do good things together. Yes, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Ace. So we're going to move straight on with the show. No faffing about. 
we're going to move straight on to our first section of the show, which is the author's bump. Author's bump. Joanne Rowling, born 31st of July 1965, better known by her pen name J.K. Rowling, is a British author and philanthropist. She wrote Harry Potter, a seven-volume fantasy series published from 1997 to 2007. The series has sold over 600 million copies, been translated into 84 languages, and spawned a global media franchise, including films and video games. She also wrote an adult's book called The Casual Vacancy, and also under her pen name, she wrote the Corman Strike series, which has also been adapted to screen, which you can find on the BBC iPlayer, with such titles as The Cuckoo's Calling, The Silkworm, Career of Evil, Lethal White, and Troubled Blood. A Common Strike series, by the way, is a fantastic series. I really like it. Oh. We might be wanting to consider yeah, spot on. might we want to consider doing in the future, maybe? Uh yeah, most definitely. I've been given the most recent book, so perhaps we could do that one and then I don't have to read it twice. What's the most recent book? The most recent is I think it's the Ink Black Heart. No, is it? Or is it the Running Grave? The Running Grave when, is the most. When was that released? Uh, September two thousand and twenty-three. No shit. Oh, I'm, I'll uh, have a look for the audiobook version of that then. I do enjoy that series. It was that series that introduced me to Doom Bar. Oh really? Yeah. I mean, I always knew about it, but because I, I listened to three of them in a row, I, I decided I wanted to try Doom Bar because Common Strike drinks it, and I like it. Little do a very good knockoff of Doom Bar. Who does? Little, little do. <laughs> yeah, Little do a very good knockoff. Yeah. Good to know, just, good to know. Little and Aldi just put the name on anything. <laughs> Dr. Pepper, Professor Pepper. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the author's bump. We're going to move into the next part of the show. Now, the next part of the show is where I, I'm going to coin this uh, Phil's Rapey trailer. <laughs> so that... <laughs> Can't do that. Or, or Phil's ransom demand. Can't say that. I'm looking at Phil's ransom demand. Please not rape it. So yeah, we're gonna we, we, we're gonna do that this week. I've bought a trailer also, but my trailer isn't done by me this time. It's been done by a channel called Screen Junkies on YouTube, and they've done it much better than I could. I've kind of chopped it up a bit, so it's it's not so long and the best bits of it but uh yeah phil do you want to do your um rapey trailer swear to god <laughs> yeah okay an orphan boy enrolls in a school of wizardry where he learns the truth about himself his family and the terrible evil that haunts the magic world nice excellent <laughs> can't help but laugh at that every episode. <laughs> <laughs> Short and sweet and very scary. <laughs> so I'm going to bring the trailer that I found. And again, thank you to Screen Junkies for this. Because it's like I say, it's shorter. If you want to check out Screen Junkies, I'll leave the links to them in the show notes and you can check out the full trailer. But uh, I took the best of what I thought would work for this episode with the Philosopher's Stone. So this is my trailer. From J.K. Rowling the author of the book series that kept borders open for another few years. Comes the movie adaptation for people too lazy to read. Harry Potter. You're a wizard, Harry. When an evil, noseless freak threatens to take over the world, it's up to this boy wizard, his totally useless friend, and his superior in every way hot lady friend to defeat him. 
Uh, and when I said heart, I only meant in the last three movies after she turned 18. <laughs> Pervs. Journey along as they travel to a magical boarding school where kids learn potions, spells, and divination, but not English, math, or science. Where technology seems to be frozen in the 19th century, replacing cell phones and the internet with quill pins and owls. And where child endangerment is totally no big deal. Follow our heroes as they transform from adorable youngsters struggling to act. I can't be a, a, a wizard. To awkward tweens, to barely legal heartthrobs, to young adults pretending to look like grown-ups. Witness the magic that will dazzle you with questions like, if magic is supposed to be secret, you have risked the exposure of our world. Why is there doorway in the most highly trafficked subway station in London? Why are all the bullies in one house? Slytherin! And why don't they just expel them? And isn't it disturbing that this rat on Ron's crotch is actually a grown man? Relive the excitement of acclaimed British thespians yelling nonsense. Volate ascendere! Rubius Hagrid. Avada Kedavra. Felix Felicis. Gryffindor, Hufflepuff. Ravenclaw and Slytherin. Battles that would have been way cooler with lightsabers, or if they just moved around a little more. And Rupert Grint's dumb face. Starring Luke Skypotter, Ginger Spice, Your First Erection, Warwick Davis, Professor Hans Gruber, Claudio Miranda, Harry Oldman, Warwick Davis, Forrest Whitaker, Odor, Michael Jackson, Lindsay Lohan, Warwick Davis, Vladimir Putin, Larry King, Gandalf the Gay, and Warwick Davis, Harry Potter. Oh my God. <laughs> I did do one of my own, but I, I just thought that was much better. Was so, comedy, comedy gold right there. We, we was discussing with another comedian, I was telling him I was doing the Harry Potter, and we was talking about, you know where they put the hat on you when you go, and you got to find out what house you go to? Uh, yeah. We were talking about, they should have that in brothels, where like, you sit down and they like, put the hat on, you're like, MILF! Or Griffin Hall. We took it in a weird direction, I think. <laughs> So yeah, that that was the, our our fun trailers. <laughs> That's what we should call it. Maybe not rapey no, trailers. No, no, fun no, trailers. No, no, no. Yes, fun no. fun trailers. Yes, staying in this edit, but in future. Yeah. So we're going to move on now to. She hard bodies really informative and interesting fun facts. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> For yeah. Sake. So Richie hard bodies interesting and informative fun facts. I've got three. I've got three that I'm going to use. The first one I'm not going to use because um, Steve already stole my thunder at the beginning there. Uh, so I've got two, actually. First one is Rick Mayle was supposed to play Peeves in the movie. The reason he was cut was that Chris Columbus said that none of us were happy with the design. Uh, and I looked at the design of Peeves and thought, we can get it better. So we shot the sequence, but we won't have it ready for the initial release of the DVD. We'll try and get it out maybe a year and a half later or two years from now. But obviously that never happened, which is an absolute fucking shame because Peeves played a massive, as you know, if we've read the book, he played a massive part in the book. And I think Rick Mayo, I mean, he's just legendary at everything he did. Yeah, Such Rick. a shame, yeah. such a shame. And one of the other reasons uh, they cut him out was because he just kept causing the kids to corpse. 
like that's constantly laughing, and I think it was doing the director's head in. The Sorcerer's Stone in America, it's not the Philosopher's Stone, it's the Sorcerer's Stone in America, and uh, it was entitled The Sorcerer's Stone basically because the US publisher thought it didn't sound magical enough and wanted to title the film Harry Potter and the School of Magic, to which J.K. said, no. No, and offered the philo- <laughs> uh, the Sorcerer's Stone as a, an alternative. So that's how that happened. So, yeah, that's my interesting and fun facts for this week. T-Hard Body's really informative and interesting fun facts. Now, I didn't know about the Rick Mail thing, and now you've just mentioned it. It just look, suddenly struck me how good he would have been in those films. Yeah. I mentioned in the last episode we did about uh, people who overact and only certain people can pull it off. And Rick, Rick Mount was, he made an absolute art out of it. No, no, I don't think anybody could overact quite as successfully as Rick Mount did. And may, maybe Aid Edmondson, Edmondson as well. So we're going to move next on to the cast and the differences between the characters in the book and the characters in the film. Well, that's why everyone's here. Do you want to kick this one off, Phil? Yeah, okie dokie. So top line cast for Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone is, well, Daniel Ratcliffe was Harry Potter, Rupert Green was Ron Weasley, Richard Harris played Albus Dumbledore, Maggie Smith was Professor McGonagall, Robbie Coltrane played Hagrid, Fiona Shaw played Aunt Petunia, so, uh, Richard Griffiths was Uncle Vernon Dursley, we had uh, Vern Troyer as Grip Hook, we had Warwick Davis as the Goblin Bank Teller and the voice of Grip Hook. We had Ian Hart as Professor Quirrell, John Hurt as Mr. Ollivander. I mean, you could just go on, couldn't you? It was just, oh, look, it's David Bradley. Oh, look, it's uh, what's his face? <laughs> what's his face? Well, it was literally, but it was, it was what's its face for yeah. the whole time because all I've got in my head now is Hans Gruber. Who the fuck is Hans Gruber? I can't even think. Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. There we go. Yeah, no, but just like every, there's just everyone and anyone. You uh, you had uh, Zoe Wanamaker. Just everyone was in it. And I I think, I mean, it might be a surprise to to you guys or the audience. I've never seen Harry Potter before. And it was, uh, it was a treasure trove. I loved doing, I loved doing, oh, look, it's such and such. It's such as, uh, yeah, it was uh, a cast of a thousand. Was it Leslie Phillips voice the hats in Ding Dong? Yeah. Yes, you well, I didn't know that till somebody ding dong till my mate told me. I'd never watched it either. I'd never watched the film. Uh, uh, of course, Billy Connolly as well as nearly. Yes. No, that was John Cleese was uh, nearly headless Ned. Nearly headless Nick. Nick. Uh, but I'm sure. I'm sure Billy Connolly was Billy Connolly not in it as well, or have I just confused him and John Cleese completely? I think he. I think he turns up in. Uh later films more room for other people afterwards I might be wrong though but I think he did play a ghost I might be wrong there though but it's uh, probably one of the best casts since Armageddon similar storyline too (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> although just before we move on to the differences i couldn't help thinking that it was very similar to star wars and the matrix even though the matrix wasn't out before she'd wrote harry potter i was just like there's a there's a very rich luke skywalker neo thing going on with uh, harry i thought but that's just my personal opinion yeah i mean you can probably do that with most films you can always tie one film with another one i mean there's, there's not really an original story anymore is there no so um so as me and Steve were the uh, 
Harry Potter virgins. Uh, Richie, you are the Harry Potter number one super fan. Uh, so do you want to lead, start leading us through the differences between the book and the movie? Well, we'll start with the differences for the characters first, since we've just mentioned the different uh, actors. And okay. for me personally, listening to the uh, I'd listen to the book. I had Stephen Fry reading it to me and he did it so well. I mean, I don't know if the book came, the audio book came out after the film, but even when he did the voices of the different characters, a lot of the times he made them sound like the characters in the film, like Hagrid. He sounded like Hagrid in the film. If you want, want to listen to a good audiobook, listen to that. It was really good. I think you listened to it as well. I listened to the audiobook. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was very good. But um, as far as the character differences go between the film and the book, I think they absolutely nailed it. I, I can't think of any character really that was not played as it would be in the book. That I, th- I think they were all played perfectly. Alan Rickman played his part f- fantastically. I'm mean, Hagrid, exactly how I pictured him in the book. McGonagall, I think McGonagall wasn't as nasty in the film as she was in the book. I think she was a bit more hard-faced in the book. Yeah. But she still played the part really good. She had more to do in the book, though, in all fairness. You know, she was more central in the book than she was in the movie. She was very much... In the movie, she was very much kind of like a bit part player. So you probably couldn't make her too nasty because she's like, she was the segue, wasn't she? You'd go to her if you needed to move the story on in the film, where in the book, she was more of an integral part. Yeah. Um, Dumbledore... uh... See, there was two Dumbledores. There's a, the, the, uh, who, I don't, who's the actor who played Dumbledore in the first one? Richard first Harris. One, the one we've just watched. Richard Harris. No, he wasn't going to do it, but his granddaughter said, you've been asked to do that. If you don't do that part, I'll never speak to you again. So he'd done it for her. <laughs> and he did the first two and then died. And then he was taken over by... Michael Gambon. Michael Gambon. Oh, Michael Gambon, of course, the Gambon of all Gambons. Yeah, in in my opinion, the Richard the Richard Harris he played a better Dumbledore than Michael Gambon. He, he just seemed a more humble character than Michael Gambon's Dumbledore, but they both still played the part really well. So that's my opinion on the uh, the cast. What did you think, Phil? Yeah, I thought that yeah, the characters. Okay, so. The book was really well written and I really enjoyed reading it. And when I watched it on screen, it kind of like all came to life. So everything was how it should have been. I wasn't disappointed in any way whatsoever. There were a few bits, and we'll talk about that in in the next section, the few bits that I thought were unnecessary. But the one, you know, you know, when you have a, like a really stupid moment and you have to catch yourself and go, fucking hell, you idiot. I was reading the book and when Harry is confronted with who is the bad guy at the end, I went, fuck me, that's going to spoil the movie now. <laughs> I was like, hang on, you're fucking reading the book. It's why you spoiled the whole movie. <laughs> that did sh- was very shocking, though, that scene. It did get me. It did get me, yeah. It, it, because, no, well, for me, because when I was reading it, he was completely insignificant, like completely insignificant. And I was not convinced, but I'm like, oh, well, it's obviously Snape. He's a fucking wrong, and you know what I mean? Harry's head keeps fucking twitching and, and he's being the moody one, this, that, the other. And when it was revealed, I was like, when it, it wasn't until they said about the turban, I was like, oh, that geezer who passed out earlier on when the troll came, because I just, he was completely irrelevant to me, you know what I mean? And I was like, ah, fucking very clever. Yeah, another, another fun fact about that, what you just said about um, his head touching. Gee, hard bodies really informative <laughs> and interesting At the start, facts. 
at the start where uh, Harry Potter sees Snape for the first time and he sat at the table and he looks over and his, his, his head hurts. It looks like his head's hurting because he's looking at Snape, but he's talking yeah. to Professor Quirrell who's got his his back towards uh-huh. Harry. So, and that's why it happens, but you don't you don't you no. realise it unless you watched it back. No, and I didn't notice that even though you've said it. No, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Of course. Yeah. So, uh, Stephen Dodd. What did you think? I thought the one character that stood out for me was Malfoy, the horrible kid. I just thought he was perfectly cast in that role. From the, the characters from the book to the film, I thought he was he stood out for me the best. He just really was someone that you couldn't stand. He was fantastic. Yeah, his dad uh, in later films is also just as good. And that they look alike almost as well. You, you can picture them as being like a father and son. And, and I'm with Phil, it's, it's just not really nobody was out, sort of not cast properly. They must have really looked into... Yeah, took the time, took the yeah, time. because yeah. The, you, you could imagine, especially Hagrid as well, you could imagine him as Robbie Coltrane and it was, it was brilliant. And uh, Mr. Dursley, he was brilliantly cast as well. And the little and the, and the little fat kid as well. He was brilliant. little fat little kid. Fat kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dudley. Dudley, which would have gone to me. I'd have been around. I would have been that little fat kid. I was that little <laughs> fat kid, so yeah, yeah. I thought uh, Warwick Davis played all 50 parts really well as, uh, as well. That's, I didn't even know he was in the film until you just mentioned it because obviously he's, he's dressed up as troll. You know, you could tell it was him straight away though, under that makeup. You could tell it was him straight away. Flitwick, wasn't it? Professor Flitwick. That's right, yeah. So he played the bank teller, Flitwick, and he was because Troy, Troy Vernia, Vernon. or whatever his name is, Mini Me, was uh, Griplock, but he played the voice of Griplock, obviously because he's got a, a stronger voice. But what made me laugh was with all this, um, I don't know, all this woke business with, you know, dwarfs have got played dwarfs and so on and so forth. It's like Warwick Davis took about 20 rolls away from little people there, and he was quite happy to take all that fucking money. <laughs> don't come crying now, 10 years later, when you want, <laughs> when you're going, Hugh Grant's playing a fucking. <laughs> Lumpy, you bastards! You took it. You took everyone's fucking role. <laughs> I'm talking about greedy. What, what, what did cause me concern was the amount of food the kids were given in that hall. It was just like unbelievable. Yes, but it, but it was magic food though. Yeah, and there was a lot of kids, so you know. I'll allow it to load. And they also read that the food was left out in the hall for three days because there was filming those scenes over three days, so it stunk terribly uh, on the end of it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'd still have eaten it. <laughs> yeah. Right, okay. That's what we think about the difference between the characters. And uh, to be honest, I think most people reading the book and the film would probably agree with uh, our, our thoughts and thunks on that. So we're going to move on to the differences now between the stories... Like the, the story in the book and the story in the film. So, yeah, Steve, do you want to kick them off? Yeah, I didn't see a great deal of difference apart from the, the opening scenes. Obviously, the baby being dropped off and it was basically, it was like Dumbledore just arrived. In the book, there's more of a build-up to him arriving and having a conversation and then taking the light out of the lamps and just seemed a bit rushed the first sort of 10 or 15 minutes seemed a bit rushed to me. They could have gone more to the book than they did. You see, I don't agree with that, actually, Steve. Obviously, in the uh, in the book, they kind of built... What, what they were doing, they were building up, building yeah. up the Dursleys as people that you don't really like. And then, you know, with all the, the happenstance and what's going on and all these weird things going on, and then Dumbledore turns up and uses his little sonic screwdriver to turn all the lamps off and whatnot. But... I think the main thing about this podcast is like the reasons why. The reasons why is you don't need that first bit. 
really. You don't need that first 10, 15 minutes because then you've got a three-hour film. You don't need it. You just have just just have your man turn up, looking a bit try dodge, and drop off a kid, and then go thirty, and then go ten years later quite easily. But there's there's a couple of things I wanted to point out about that start. Is number one, if this boy is the saviour, right? If this is Neo right that you've got in your arms that you've entrusted to that fucking somerset bumpkin on a flying bike why why would you turn up at midnight and leave it on a doorstep for what seven hours the kid's just gonna lie there for seven like seriously this is this is the one and you've dumped him on a doorstep number two i don't agree with the writing of the dursleys that dursleys were horrible and hateful and hated harry and made him live under a cupboard under the stairs now it's fair to say if aunt petunia her sister is harry's mom so for them to not to like wizards is perfectly fine that they don't like it they don't agree with it they think it's weird so on and so forth right there's absolutely there's there's no reason there's no story arc in, in this film for them to be mean to Harry what they could have done they could have resented the fact they've got him but treated him like a normal person he's got his own bedroom and everything's on but then when the letter comes they don't want him to go because they've raised him as their own they don't want him to go rather than be hateful people who then don't want him to go because surely you just want him to fuck off wouldn't you you've, you, you've treated him like you've fucking smuggled him in from Cambodia. Didn't, didn't he get his, he got his own room in the book, didn't they, for a short time? Exactly, yes, because when, when they got the letter, because it says, to Harry Potter, the cupboard under the stairs are like, shit, they're watching, we need to give him a room. But it's just, like, they treated him like shit for shit for 10 years and then don't want him to go. So what, they want him to hang around for another 18 years, like, for another eight years or something living. It just, that none of that made sense. They didn't have to be cruel and horrible people. They didn't. Well, if you had a wizard in your house, imagine how much fun you'd have. It'd be fantastic. No, but remember that they don't like wizards, okay? They're, they're anti-wizards, which is fine, but they could have been nice, caring people and tried to, they brought him up as their own and they don't want him to go. That's why the block in the letters, they don't want him to go because they love him, not because the hateful creature didn't make sense and it didn't add anything to the film other than because like Harry's like, because in the book and you know, he's like Harry's had his hand-me-downs his whole life. He doesn't get anything. He doesn't go anywhere. He sleeps in a cupboard. He gets blamed for everything. What the fuck do you want him around for? Then? Just, just, you know, and then when he goes to the school, He's kind of, you know, he doesn't know anything about the school, which he picks up everything fucking pretty quickly because he's hardcore, because he's Neo and all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, that was the one bit I didn't agree with. Why did they have to be so hateful? Yeah. Because it, it didn't make, it didn't add anything to the story. And the day of going to the zoo, he wasn't meant to go to the zoo. He was meant to go to the old ladies again uh, in the book. And I thought they could have made a bit, they could have used that in the film and, and made that a bit comical. No, again, Steve, no, because they needed to get him to Hogwarts. They haven't, they haven't got time. They haven't got time because between Harry being dropped off and Harry going to Hogwarts, it's probably about an hour's read. You haven't got half an hour to go, oh, we're going to the zoo with Dudley's mate and you're going to your aunt's and Because let's not forget, attention spans are what's going on. You need to get to... And the main point is when all those letters started coming in, in the movie, they just end up in some fucking barn on an island and you didn't see all of that. We need to get out. We need to... Whereas if they were caring people and loving people and didn't want him to go, you could have had a, we need to go, we need to get out of here to save Harry. Yeah, they went they, they went to a lot of effort, a lot of effort to make sure he didn't go to this school, considering they didn't 
want him. I mean, the, the, an yeah. island in the middle of the sea. It explains it a bit more in the book. And you, if you if you've only watched the film, you, you you're kind of thinking, well, how the fuck did they get there? And how do they know about this place? Yeah, because because they went to several places, didn't yeah. they? They went to a motel. They went to other places, at caravans and whatever, and they ended up there. On on an off note, those owls I would use if I had a debt collection agency because they're just so persistent. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> certainly are. We didn't get your demand because you did. Because the house brought it. And you can't miss them. There was fucking hundreds of them outside your house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There was shit all over your car. They're still on your roof, yeah, mate, so I know yeah. it's been delivered. For me, the, I think the story matches up pretty well between the book and the, the film. Obviously, the mm. film leaves out a lot of unnecessary stuff, like you say. I, I think, yeah, I think the film did it really well. To be honest, I, don't, yeah, I do miss... It cut out all the filler. I do miss yeah. Peeves. He, obviously, they did it well and he wasn't needed, but I think he'd have added some interesting obstacles to the three of them while they're on their adventures, trying to get around the castle unseen, and he'd have played a, a very funny bellend. To be honest, I don't remember Peeves in the book at all, really, to be honest, but there was a lot of people. There was a lot of different names and stuff, so it's trying to remember everything. In, I think all in all, they did translate it very well in the film. They've done it credit, they've done the book credit. There's one thing I've got to bring up, right? If you look like Ron Weasley, you don't be mean to any girl <laughs> ever, right? And that's just a little fucking public broadcast <laughs> for anyone who is a fucking ugly twat, right? And you've got a bird who's fairly decent looking even though you're 11 and shit don't be fucking moody to her right because she's gonna grow up yeah. to be fit as fuck and you're still gonna be an ugly twat uglier in fact in a in a knitted jumper that your mum's made <laughs> yeah no i thought to be honest the, the, there aren't very many different i mean there's again there's bits of cut out like when there was in the magic wood as an example and the meet friends voiced by uh ray fearon uh, there was more unicorns or manatars in the woods because um uh Faris rides harry out of the woods to safety and he gets and he gets cussed off by his mates going oh what you're doing letting humans ride you you dummy and giving it all that sketch. But again, that was unnecessary. It wasn't needed in the movie, was it? And I suppose it probably would have cost them an extra 200 grand to CGI a couple of other uh, manatars in there Centaurs, well. aren't they? Is it centaurs? Centaurs, manatars, yeah, centaurs. Think, yeah, yeah, sorry, centaurs. I think that, that's an, that is another difference. The centaurs in the book, they were more mongy than the centaurs <laughs> in the film. They were... It's like, I don't <laughs> think we can say that on the podcast, Richard. <laughs> if Ricky Gervais can say the word mong, I can say the word mong. Um, okay, fair enough, okay. But yeah, um, they would ask him a question in the book and they'd be like, Mars is very bright tonight. And that's it. <laughs> I think that was all stoned. <laughs> although, although actually there was one bit, uh, there was the bit uh, when, when Harry got his Christmas presents and uh, he, he got in the book he got a flute. In the film he didn't have a flute. Hagrid had the flute and was playing the flute. No, I shouldn't have said that, should I? Which was his main line throughout the whole film. <laughs> and I thought, because in the book, they go in and the three-headed dog has got the harps on. And I couldn't really make sense of the harps on and the dog's asleep. So why are you playing a fucking recorder <laughs> as well at the same time? Was there a harp on in the book as well? 
Well, yeah, because yeah, because it was yeah, because the dog was asleep, wasn't he? That's how the person got past him in the or, or or maybe not, maybe the half was off and he was awake. I think they brought the recorder in because everyone's always said, "What was the point of me learning through blind mice at school through a recorder?" And now they're trying to just say <laughs> a recorder is worth it; it will get you faster, three-headed dog. <laughs> it's my time yeah. to shine. <laughs> yeah, it will get you past that three-headed XL bully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, but there was loads of good bits. There was loads of good bits. Uh, I, I think actually, and trying because I read the book and watched the film very, very close together. So there was a bit. I think uh, when Dumbledore makes his speech and he says something like, uh, "The third floor's out of bounds unless you want to meet a horrible death," but I don't think that was in the book. He does, yeah, he does. I think he does. Oh, oh, he does. Oh, okay. Which which seemed a bit a uh, bit grim to be saying to a bunch of ten year olds. Yeah, but that's also to say, I fucking told you once, you little pricks. But if it's that bad and you're that good at magic, surely you'd have something in place to make sure that it's off bounds to the point where they couldn't get there anyway. Perhaps he'd done it for Ofsted purposes. Even... <laughs> 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 well, them kids get to mutilate the pill. And, oh, did you warn them? Well, I did. I did warn them. So, yeah. Oh, the health and safety at work, Act 1974, <laughs> at play. Yeah, there are a lot of problems. It's like, like even in a normal world, in this non-wizarding world, if we know... That, I mean, obviously, you wouldn't keep a 50-foot giant XL bully in the school, but if you did, for whatever reason, you'd make sure there were precautions put in place to make sure that the kids couldn't even get near it. But what Dumbledore's saying is, it's accessible to kids, but don't go there. Well, don't, don't make it accessible. It's ridiculous. And if you're protecting something so valuable, surely there's better ways of doing it than a chess game. Fl- flying keys, you know, it just seemed a bit silly ways of protecting something so valuable. Dumbledore's meant to be the best wizard on the planet. Nobody's more powerful than Dumbledore. It's only a small stone, just stick it in your fucking pocket. <laughs> Voldemort's scared of him. Yeah, yeah. It just seemed like a lot of a lot of effort for something silly. But again, it is a kids' book, so. But also, I mean, in the in the book, and uh, spoiler alerts, the Philosopher's Stone is in the mirror. No, it's it. Dumbledore states that only the person who wants the stone but doesn't want to use it will get the stone so it kind of appears to him it magically appears in his pocket I'd have put the stone in a Fray Bentos pie because you can never open then it's, it's impossible <laughs> and, even, and then when you do when you do you're going to cut yourself to bits yeah, and yeah. you're going to have to go to hospital to have stitches yeah, yeah. no you want to put it in a corned yeah, yeah. beef thing get rid of the key yeah. Yeah. <laughs> those fucking keys yeah. Fray Bentos tin our American listeners are going what the hell is a Fray Bentos tin well our American listeners Listeners, our listeners from from yeah. all over the world, and uh, we are always happy to have brand new listeners. And we've had uh, we've had new listeners from Mexico, India, Australia, Finland. Uh, obviously, our American listeners, um, especially that one chap in Atlanta who has downloaded all of our episodes, and of, of course, Great Britain as well. And uh, of course, if I said India before, we've had Poland, Sweden, Malta, all listening in to random episodes. So uh, for all of you non-British people go and look up Frey Bentos and then try and get him one <laughs> so yeah that's pretty much the story and the characters covered should we go on should we do our remake Phil should we go on to the remake how we would remake it if we were given a hundred million 
dollars. Have we done all the differences? Is that it? Was that was it? Was I it can't as think of any more differences. To be fair, it was it was pretty much spot on. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? it? It was pretty much like for like, wasn't it? And I think it was done very, very well, actually. Um, I've got to say, I really enjoyed it. And I'm forty plus year old man, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, it's I the first it time good. I'd read a book of, of it or watched the film, and I was like. This is brilliant. This is really good. Obviously, the acting of the children left a lot to be desired, but they were only like 10 years old, and they did get slightly better as the films progress. And it gets darker as well, so even though it's a kid's film, the first one, by the time you get to the last one, it's not suitable for kids anymore. Yeah, at the end, at the end when he's in the hospital, does in the in the movie does Dumbledore tell Harry that Snape was friend either Snape was friends with his dad or his dad had saved his life? Because I remember reading it. No, it doesn't in the film. That's what. Yeah. So yeah, there's a difference. So in the in the book, he uh, he says that like, I thought Snape was out to get me. He goes, no, he said that your dad done some much worse. Was what was that? He goes, saved his life. So he was trying to like do the same for you kind of thing and I, I can't remember if that was in the film or not uh, or revealed or maybe maybe the reason why it wasn't was because Warner Brothers have gone fuck me we've got about 50 sequels here let's not reveal that just yet we can use that for later on down the line or something I don't know the relationship with Snape and Harry Potter is something I struggle with I understand because of Snape's past with his parents because Snape fancied Harry Potter's mother that's what I thought it was I thought maybe he'd stole her from Snape or something but also Snape was bullied a bit by um, Potter's dad so there was that so there's every reason to but the fact the truth is at the end and I'm giving a lot away that Snape had he actually loved the boy and he, he went out of his way to protect him at every corner so the, I could no, understand no, no. him being hard on him but he came across like he absolutely hated him it was from a position of love. Yeah, but it, it, do, it doesn't come across that way. It comes across like he hates him. And somebody who's protecting someone from a position of love but trying to be hard on them doesn't come across that nasty, I don't think. Yeah, but is that just because Snape's a twat? Possibly. Like, in in general, he's just a twat. And so that's his way of, like, like I think in the book and the movie, it's like, you know, like when they're doing the Quidditch thing and he's out of control and it's like, oh, Snape's doing a spell. We can see him. It's Snape and it, everything. Snape's got a bad leg. He's been trying and, and everything is Snape, 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 Snape. But Snape goes out of his way. He goes out of his way also in the book, which isn't in the film. He goes out of his way to referee the second match. And he does it on purpose because he wants to make sure that it doesn't happen it doesn't want that to happen again to Harry exactly that's yeah. not in the film and everyone's like oh he's doing it because he wants Slytherin to win the thing he said we can but that's not why he did he it can be a, yeah uh, now, is it, was that in the book and the film or was that no it was only in the book only in the book uh, it's yeah, see, that's what I was trying to... Because sometimes they do blur, don't they, a little bit? But like, were those differences left out either because they knew they were going to make others and they'd already read the other books and they'd gone, well, we can save that. We don't have to reveal that stuff. Whereas, obviously, when she wrote the book, it was just a book. It was There was, you know, she hadn't even got it published or what or not. So it was just, I can I can tie it up in a nice little bow kind of thing. Because that's, that's one of the things that I thought when I read it. And obviously, the story that you know about J.K. Rowling knows she's fucking on her arse. And this is the only thing, basically, it's the only thing she's got and she's gambling on this, actually get, making some money. In in some films, like, for instance, Die Hard, where it's a pretty conclusive end, that's the end, isn't it? It's the, there's no sequel, except for 
millions of people go and pay millions of pounds for it and they go right we'll make a sequel we'll just come up with an idea and there's Die Hard 2 and you have some horror films for instance where you have the bad guy who can't be killed who's then killed and then just comes back from the dead and you look ah it's open for a sequel but this kind of felt like that was it you know what I mean it's like it's there could be more but if there's not more nice little finish to the story and all the questions are answered you, you probably wrote about Warner Brothers just thinking wow we've got a gold mine here let's just hold some of this back for the for the sequels what Phil said earlier well when we had uh, when we had uh, Simon Bamford on when we did our uh, Hellbound Heart versus Hellraiser episode available in the archives he had said that and I can't remember which movie studio it was but they greenlit the sequel within like a week of filming the first one they've gone right we want the second now done get it done while they were still filming the first yeah which is quite rare but they could smell money so they were like sweet either that or they wanted to see all that mad sex shit again I'm not sure sure. the books as they carry on they, they seem all very well written and very thought out so I don't think it was something that was rushed because that, that they need to make the films out of them I think she already had the plan for the, the whole series no I mean no probably but what I mean is when the book was written and it was published and it was doing well they probably said right start writing the second one or maybe she'd started writing the second one or what, and then obviously it gets optioned you know it takes a few years doesn't it for things to get optioned and brought and so on and so forth so when it's come to filming she's probably already written the second one and the third one's on its way and they've gone instead of using those little bits it's stuff that kind of completes it doesn't it in the book it completes it oh that's why Stack was doing what he was doing that makes perfect sense now but maybe the producers are going we don't need to let the audience know that the the, the non-book readers don't need to know that we can save that for down the line we don't have to give everything Dave Dinsdale always said always leave them wanting more I'm surprised that the, the franchise worked out as well as it did because the ba- it's, it's basically a ju- the, what happened with George R.R. R. Martin they got, they got these first books we put them out as a TV series and they're absolutely fine fucking brilliant and then George R. R. Martin he just didn't keep up with the, the series and he the, had the, the producers and trying trying to finish the story for him and it just all fell apart and went to shit but J.K. Rowling somehow she did keep up and she did carry on and she produced a, a full fantastic series could, it could have gone tits up. She could have felt absolutely rushed and put out some really shit stories. But what I'd say about the difference between those two is that I, I'd read, I'd started reading the Game of Thrones, the first book, uh, Song of Fire and Ice, I think it is. And then the TV series came out. So I was like, oh, I'll just watch the TV series. And the book was so hard to read, yeah. like proper hard. It's so hard. I think because there's 7 million characters. And like, I think like, I say now, I've watched every episode and I think I couldn't name about four people. Like, fuck knows who anyone was. Like, I know, like, there was just so many characters, so many plots, so many different storylines, so many weird shit. And you're like, I don't even know who half these people are or what they're doing. Like, someone goes, oh, uh, fucking Greenfinger or whatever. You're like, who's Greenfinger? Oh, that fucking geezer. Oh, right, okay, him. I know him. I don't know what his fucking little finger. That's it. You see, I don't even know. It's just, it's just. So maybe you know, for George R. R. Martin or whatever his name was, he created too much. Yes, and you know, when they're going like, we really need you to finish that book. He's like, well, fucking hold your horses, you twats. 
You know what I mean? It's not fucking as easy as going, Harry gets his one day and fucking zaps Hermione. You know what I mean? Or, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not as easy as that. It's not as easy as going, Snape's a twat, but he's not really. And the real bad guy's here and he does this and he does that and that happens and they go there and they do this. It's jumping from world to world in Game of Thrones, isn't it? Literally. Every person's got an army. Yeah. There's a lot of pointless stuff in there as well. It's like, for, for instance, when I was reading the book Game of Thrones, there's a character called Brienne of Tarth and uh, she's got this little mm. follower with her and they go on this Miranda what yeah that tall bird yeah. yeah that massive yeah and they go on this journey they're going to find something I can't remember where it was or what they were looking for but they're going, they're going looking for this this place so they're going on this journey and it's an adventure and it takes them down this it's like three or four pages of this journey and it there's lots of stuff happen and when they get there finally it says oh we've come to the wrong place what? What? Why? <laughs> so, so then they have to go on a journey again. Why did you need to put that journey in there if it was pointless? <laughs> I've just followed you for right, three so, pages. Um, we've come to a dead end. You fucking knob. <laughs> have we? Have we covered all the differences now? Then in Harry Potter, there's uh, we found an extra couple. Have we got any others knocking away? I can't. I can't think. I of think any there's probably there's probably minor minor differences, but nothing nothing to shout home about. I don't think. Okay, okay. So what's next, then, Rich? We're going to do the remake now, our $100, $100 million remake. So, Phil, your remake... Actually, talking about remakes, I've heard they're making a series, a Harry Potter series. So there's already something in the works, I think. Interesting. Well, I'm going to be boring on this one, Richie. I wouldn't change a thing. There's nothing you can do to make it any better or you'd only make it worse. And there's because every single actor in the whole world is in that film who's any good, there's nothing you can do other than keeping Rick Mile in it. That's it. And other than that, you can't you can't well, we can't cast children because we don't know any children. And if you're gonna cast Ian McKellen instead of um what's his face? Michael Gambon. Ian Richard Harris. Yeah, yeah instead of Michael Gambon, uh, Richard Harris. Instead of Richard Harris, I'd have I'd have him. So you'd have Gandalf instead of uh, Dumbledore. Gandalf no Gandalf as Dumbledore, but the Ian McKellen as as Dumbledore, not Gandalf. I wouldn't have put Gandalf, I wouldn't make him it would just be the character and I'd like to see Patrick Stewart and Ben Kingsley in it somewhere but that's it you can't change it because it's that good if I were to change it I saw recently and uh, it was it was put out on social media as a trailer for a Pixar style Harry Potter uh-huh. And okay. it was so well done. It wasn't wasn't real. Somebody so, somebody created it and put it out as a real thing. But it made me realise that this would be absolutely brilliant remake because you wouldn't have to use bad acting children as the voices. You'd be able to use. Of course, yeah. Adults can do children's voices, can't they? And they can they can act of better. Course. And honestly, it just looked fantastic. It looked it looked more magical. So I think for us to remake it and add that money, I'd probably do a Pixar style remake. Lego Harry Potter movie. Lego. There's, there's got to be one out there. There's got to be a Lego Harry Potter. I'm sure there is. Those cunts do everything. <laughs> Steve? I'm with Richie with the, um, the Pixar one, um, but I'd try and bring in Donkey and Trek. Um, somewhere along the line in the forest just as a cameo appearance in the forbidden no no Shrek is Hagrid <laughs> oh, that would be fantastic that would yes yeah. that, that, that's all that, yeah because the film was made it was brilliant spot on to the book so there's not really a lot yeah. you can do yeah, there nothing, to be yeah, nothing could be done you could have put Roland from Grand Jill in as that one kid who kept yeah, Neville. Neville yeah yeah 
Neville Big Bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long Bottom, yeah. Have you seen him now? I, I tell you what, all the kids have grown up to be really good looking kids. It, it's uh, quite a surprise. Dudley, Dudley I didn't. Re- I, I watched The Queen's Gambit, and it's one of my favourite series, and I didn't realise that Dudley. Mm-hmm was in in that series and it, it looks completely different well, doesn't look the same he lost a load of weight didn't he after the first two films yeah yeah loads but actually that's another point as well um, in the book Hagrid gives uh, Dudley a tail he does in the film he does in the film I remember seeing it briefly yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. okay uh, right yeah it's a bit of a quick a quick one but again that, 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 that was another thing about the film was like the, oh, oh oh well we're all going home now for the for the summer we fucking going there for? I don't like you. Like, what the fuck are you going there? Like, why don't you go now? I said, Hogwarts, thanks. I think the end of end of the season. I don't think he had no choice. I think he had to go. They all had to leave at the end of the uh, the term. Surely he could have stopped with Hagrid or something like that. And considering he'd fucking killed Voldemort, he might have gone, look, I'm being funny, right? And I've just like, fuck Voldemort up, right? You know, that m- bad motherfucker who no one fucking likes. I fucked him right up. Right, that family I live with, they don't like me. They might be living in a fucking cupboard under the stairs. Right, do I have to really go back there? They're going, now we'll put you up in the Premier Inn for six weeks. And where's social no services problem. in all of this? Not, not once, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, hardcore, hardcore. And what, they just give him up for adoption? Madonna. Madonna Madonna could have adopted him. She adopts loads of kids, the chaser, so yeah. <laughs> or Angelina Jolie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but he's not Asian enough for Angelina Jolie, is he? <laughs> yeah. Right, and what's next, Richard? So, next, uh, we're going to do... We've got songs for intro and outro, but I don't think we need... It's, but what they've got is fine for me personally. Yeah, uh, I would uh, I would use the Highlander intro and outro and all of the way through. It's a kind of magic and all that. Yeah, yeah. Mm, maybe. I'd have that at the end. Yeah, I'd have that at the end. Have all like the operatic stuff and the orchestral stuff at the start and then just Freddy smashing out It's a kind of magic at the end. Ace. Steve? I, I would have introduced Wizard somewhere, the group Wizard local. I wish it could be Hogwarts every day, Ooh. something like Ooh. that. Yeah. What about what about the Steve? Is it Steve Miller band? Yeah, Abra, Abracadabra. Abracadabra. That one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Get in yeah. the end credits. Voldemort. I wanna reach out and grab you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Paul Daniels voiceover. <laughs> Welcome to Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we're gonna move on to the final section. Actually, before we do the final section, we'll just give them a score out of one, one to ten. The book and the film. Oh yeah, which do, which do you prefer, Steve? I prefer the book, although the film was brilliant. I'll give him the book a ten, and I give the film a nine. Wow, Steve's very generous. He's very generous. He'll learn. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to give the book a nine, and I am going to equal the nine because it was completely true to the book, bar the slight differences that we talked about, and the one point comes off because. There was some bits in the book that didn't need to be there, as I have already discussed. So it's a nine and a nine. I'm with you, Phil. Exactly the same. Nine and nine. Yeah. I can't. I don't think I'm. It's very rare I'm going to be able to give anything a ten. But uh, yeah, nine and nine. I agree with that. Both very good. Sweet. Okay, so we're going to finish the show off with a new section. Two sections, Richie. Two sections. We've got the quiz and we've got audience participation. Oh, of course, of course, of course. So we'll do we'll do the quiz, little game show thing, just around the, the show off before we finish. And then we're, we're going to bring three questions each. I'm going to start. I'll read out the question, and if you know the answer, shout out your name and then give me your answer. And uh, what we're going to do is the winner. We'll, t- we'll note down the winner. Each week and at the end of the season, the person with the most points will be crowned, I don't know, a 
Quizmaster Brian. Champion. <laughs> Champion. Champion. Champion Quizmaster. Okay, so I'm going to kick things off. First question is, well, my, all my questions are based around uh, the spells. So my first question is, <laughs> if I'm if I'm about to cast the spell Alohomora, what am I doing? Oh, no, it's something to do with Hawaii. <laughs> uh, are you are you um, making fire? No. Making light. No. Nothing, Steve? No? Okay. Alohomora unlocks things, unlocks uh. doors. Okay, so my next question is, if I'm about to cast the spell Petrificus Totalus, what am I doing? Are you changing someone into something? No, you're, you're, you're freezing. Is, did they not freeze? Was it Neville? Did they freeze him and he fell down, like made him all stick? Yes, 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 yes. They made him, um, they paralysed him, yes. Point to fill there. Get in. Okay, so I'm about to cast this spell, Oculus Repero. Oh, fix his glasses. Nice. On the train. Okay, yeah, yeah. Fix yeah, them. Yeah. Specky twat. Yeah. Okay, so that's my three questions to fulfil. Uh, do you want to go next, Steve? What? This is mine to do with like the cast and the making of it and all that. What? Did Rupert Grint do in his video sent to casting directors that was different to everybody else? No idea. Ooh. He dressed as a wizard. No. He rapped. He done a rap on his casting video. Oh, right then. Because that's what they need. That's what they need in Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that never came in in any of the films. No. No. Right. Second question. A famous American comedian, actor, wanted to play the role of Hagrid, but he was told no because J.K. Rowling wanted an all-British cast. Who was that famous American actor, comedian? Robin Williams. Yes, well done, Richie. Uh, Well done. Yes, very good. Who recorded what famous American rock star recorded a song for the movie, but it was never used in the movie? No idea. Uh, uh, Bruce Springsteen. Yes, yes, well done. Get in. That was a complete guess. <laughs> I did not know that. That's my free. So, Phil, you're up. Okay, well, mine are fucking easy by comparison. Like, proper easy by comparison. Um, <laughs> what is Ron's rat called? Scabbers. Yeah, well done. Well done, Richie. What flavour jelly bean stopped Dumbledore Earwax. eating them? Yeah, well done. Well done. Okay. Right, now I've got the tiebreaker here. What's the scores, uh, Steve? You, you two have got three each. Ooh, no, I've got four. You mean you got three? I've got two in that first one. I got two in the last one, didn't I? No, you only got one. I only got one, three each. Okay. Yeah, three each. The, the houses are named after the founders. What is the first name of the founder, Gryffindor? Godric. Bastard. (laughs) Wanker. That's it. That's my three. Okay, so that bell tells me it is the end of the game, the end of our first game of the season. And at the end of that game, the scores are as follows. Phil has three points, Steve has jack shit, but this week's winner with four points is me. (laughs) 
No tiebreaker needed. Uh, well, just for a bit of fun then, because I've got my tiebreaker in front of me. What did Harry get for Christmas from the Dursleys? A jumper. No, uh, no, sorry, no. The Dursleys, not the Wizards. Uh, fifty pence piece. Uh, fifty pence. So that is the correct answer. However, I phrased it incorrectly. Harry explains in the book. He explains that he doesn't get Christmas presents and tells Ron about a Christmas present that he got recent or the previous time. Can you remember what it was? Uncle Uncle Vernon's socks. That's it, a coat hanger and some used socks. But that was also that was also something that puzzled me a little bit, where Ron didn't he'd never seen a fifty P. So you're like, but but you live in the but but you live in the real world, so surely you would have you would see real things. Yeah. Surely <laughs> if you had wizard skills, you could shoplift really easy. Invisibility cloak as well. Yeah, but you nonetheless, know, really. you would still have seen like you would have had a mate who was a muggle and you would have yeah. seen him with some cash. You just would have, wouldn't you? Okay, so well done, Richie, you fucking prick. Yeah. What was your tiebreaker question then, Steve? I didn't have one ready, to be honest with you, because I, I'd, one of the questions was, when we talk about what was the book called in America, but we've already said it about oh, three yeah, times yeah. now, haven't we? You know so. what, I thought, I thought that when we started, I thought, we're going to start saying each other's answers here, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. At some point, we're going to come across answers. My tiebreaker question was, if I cast the spell Wingardium Leviosa... What am I doing? Flying? No. Oh, Getting get your broomstick to move? No. Oh. Um. Similar, but no. Oh, was it with the feather? Yeah, you make things levitate. Yeah. To, to make your broomstick move, you just say up, apparently. Yes, yeah. you do. The most unmagical thing you could, yeah. Yeah, I've been shouted at the missus. Oh, oh. Yeah, up. <laughs> <laughs> so my mum used to shout at us in school when we get it, when we're getting up for school. She'd be like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to move on to the audience contribution. Who's up first? It's me. And I have uh, I have Neil Kalsberg says, I think, oh, thank you very much for contributing, Neil. I think both first two movies did the best job at following the books due to the fact the first two books had less consolidation, or less to consolidate. But I'll throw in the film as my favourite only because they did a great job with Hogwarts and gave me more visual to use in my head for future books. Very well said there, Neil. Very well said indeed. Agreed. Uh, Grace Outlaw says, I will always choose the books over the movies. There's just no way they could have captured everything in my head on screen. Even though the movies are pretty decent, some casting was brilliant, but several characters weren't how I envisioned them. Interesting. She would have been, she would have been good to have on this episode. We, yes. we, didn't, we didn't have that. That, did we? No, and Grace is wrong, so we move on. Okay. <laughs> I've got I've got Jasmine manga book. Always the book. There's more details, you understand the characters better, and then there's a lot more going on in a book than a movie. Indeed. There is more going on, but not a lot more going on in the in the book than there is in the movie. No. No. Christian Matiovic says book because the movie didn't come nearly as close to capturing some of the finer details. But at the same time, I thought the first two Harry Potter books were very cheesy. The third and the fourth ones were where the story really found its footing. Yes, you can't really comment on this though, can you? Because you didn't see them. No, we haven't. No. No, I, th- I think he's right. It is very childlike. It is, yeah. But you, it's a she. Um, you'll find that even though you enjoyed this film and this book and you gave them a nine and a ten... It does progressively just get better. That's why it's hard to give it a 10, because I know it gets better. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, that's interesting. Actually, Ashley Bender says that she's planning a Harry Potter Christmas for next year. Well, this year now, and she's been bumping heads with her sister because. Ashley has read the book and watched the film and her sister hasn't, so there's been a lot of arguments. But Ashley, to be fair, if you've read the book and she hasn't, you're going to always have more facts than she has. Hit her with the goblet of fire, Ashley. Just fucking hit her over the head. With the goblet of fire. So thank you, everybody, that's wrote in. We appreciate your participation. It means a lot to us. Mm. And we've put it all at the end. Yes. That way we can make sure you you listen to the end. (laughs) So I think that's pretty much it. You can find us in the the links. We'll leave all our links to the websites and socials and shit. Thank you, everybody, that likes and subscribes. It means a lot to us. A heck of a lot. So thank you for joining us here on the Adapted to Screen podcast. This has been Harry Potter versus Harry Potter of the book and the film I have been Richie I've been Phil and I've been Steve thanks for listening if indeed you still are cheerio did you ever make anything happen anything you couldn't explain you're a wizard Harry I'm a what Potter, we are pleased to inform you that you have been accepted at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. In a few moments, you will pass through these doors and join your classmates. Keep an eye on the staircases. They like to change. Good afternoon, class. Welcome to your first flying lesson. Stick your right hand over the broom and say up. Wow. Mr. Longbottom, exactly where do you think you're going? Do you really have the scar? Wicked. Mr. Potter, our new celebrity. First years should note that the dark forest is strictly forbidden. That no magic is to be used between the classes and the corridors. Trificus Totalis. The third floor corridor is out of bounds to everyone who does not wish to suffer a most painful death. Through the dungeon! Understand this, Harry, because it's very important. Not all wizards are good. I'm going to bed before either of you come up with another clever idea to get us killed. Or worse, expelled. She needs to sort out her priorities. I think it is clear that we can expect great things from you. So that was our Resident Resident Evil. (laughs) You you could be right there somewhere. So that was our resident comedian, Stephen. Okay, oh, that was our resident evil. <laughs> <laughs>